0: Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Celeste Fernandez, thank you so much for joining us as our guest on the Mike Litton experience. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do this. I cannot thank you enough for being here.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Mike.
0: So what what we talked about before we hit record was everybody has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. So with your permission, we're going to start with where you were born and go all the way up to today, and then we can talk about anything that you're working on for today and or tomorrow, okay?
1: All right, sounds great. Where were you born? So I was born in the little town of San Francisco, California. Oh, tiny. (laughs) Very tiny.
0: Right. (laughs)
1: Um, you know, I was very blessed to have been born um, in a very large family. I am one or my mom is one of 13 kids wow. and yes. And I am one of 32 cousins on her side. Oh my goodness. And uh, Yes. Yes. So big family, loving family. Yeah, that's awesome. While on my dad's side, he is one of six kids wow. and Man, I can't even count how many cousins I have on his side. Awesome!
0: That's awesome. <laughs> what a blessing. So,
1: oh yes, yes, uh, a lot to grow up with yeah. for sure.
0: So, yes. did you grow up in San Francisco?
1: I I did spend my formative years in San Francisco. Eventually, we did move down to um to Temecula. So oh, okay. I grew up in a yes, very very beautiful wine country. Um, before my family ended up moving to um, the L.A. County. Uh, I spent some years in um, in Cerritos, California, Long Beach. I lived in um, Torrance, California. You know, just a lot, a lot in That's the awesome. a lot so of how cities.
0: Old and you, <laughs> so how old were you when you moved to Temecula?
1: I was probably around four or five years old. Okay. And then, yes. And then when we moved out to the LA County area, I was probably around seven or eight.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So where did you, where did you graduate from high school?
1: Oh, that's interesting too. Um, I actually went, um, abroad for high school. I spent nine years in the Philippines and I graduated from high school out there, Wow. Um, Yes. Yes. And, uh, I was very lucky to have skipped one year of high school because high school years I heard are just very rough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was again, very lucky. I, I, I guess I just grew up with such an independent mindset. I didn't care for, um, any clicks or anything. Right. Um, so I was friends with everyone. I don't think I was bullied or not that I was aware of. Um, <laughs> and i went to university out in the philippines as well i were, i spent some time working out, out there as a registered nurse and i moved back to california in 2014
0: wow so let me ask you this in in high school what was your favorite subject
1: <laughs> so i'm going to get a lot of beef for this but why? i love math
0: <laughs> why why are you going to get beef for loving math my son my um, son mechanical engineer
1: so Oh, I grew up around engineers. My dad's yeah. set of family, they're all engineers. So, you know, math <laughs> was just amazing for me. It was just, you know, I love the analytical side where you can, you can analyze one problem and you'll always come back to the right, to the same answer. Yeah. Whereas, you know, life in general, no matter how many ways you analyze it, it's not always going to be the same answer. So Isn't math. That be, Isn't
0: that the uh, truth? So math is like black and white, right? And then the rest oh, yes. is gray, right? Yeah. Oh,
1: very much. So one of the things
0: mathematicians love the most about math is it's very exacting, right? There is oh, yeah. no, there is no there is no moving. There's just, you know, right or wrong, right? So Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Exactly. So math is actually a really cool subject. I don't know why you'd get guff about that, but okay, right. <laughs> So so math was your favorite subject in high school and then you became a so you went to school in the Philippines to become a registered nurse. Is that how that worked? Yes. What made you decide to do that?
1: So as as a first generation, (laughs) um, a first generation American from Asian parents, especially with both my parents being Filipino, And as a female, we follow what our our parents tell us, especially because as a female, I follow whatever uh, the head of the family will tell me. Um, In the culture that I grew up in, uh, the head of the family is my father. And Mm -hmm. he saw that there was a lot of opportunity working as a nurse. So he said, Mm -hmm. you "You have to get your education anyway. Um, I want you to become successful, so take up nursing. And, um, usually after that happens, I would get a job and, um, stay single until I got and live with my parents until I got married. And then I would have to follow whatever my husband would tell me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, okay, this is going to be something of uh, an interesting ride for me. I took up nursing and, uh, I followed the instruction manual.
0: Okay. So you get into (laughs) nursing Yes, and then you're and how long were you nursing in the Philippines before you came to to cal- back to California?
1: I was a nurse out there for about two years, okay. um, and I came back to California. Um, and my parents sold our family home in Southern California, and I moved out to Las Vegas okay. uh, for about a year on my own. And I realized um, the medical field or the clinical field was not for me.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this: the you were in the Philippines for nine years. Yes. What was your favorite thing about about living there?
1: Oh, how much time do we have?
0: <laughs> we have, we have time. We have
1: time. <laughs> what I love about the Philippines is that um, no matter no matter what class you are in society, mm-hmm. rich or poor, um, you can take a few minutes, sit down uh, in front of a store or sit down at a coffee shop mm-hmm. and you can talk for hours. Talk for hours and have such a great time because everyone out there is just so friendly. Um, everyone out there is just so charismatic and energetic and they just want to get to know you, especially if they if they see you sitting by yourself. They'll want to get to know your your whole story uh, what makes you happy? What frustrates you? And they'll move on, you know, with the rest of their day, and spread your story or spread whatever they learn from you, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, out there, you don't need you don't need to work so hard. And this is nothing against any other culture, but you don't need to work so hard or earn so much money in order to be to be happy because you find completeness in the in the community that gets developed um, from. A, you know, a few short minutes of talking to someone.
0: Well, that's cool. That's cool. I love it. I've never heard it described that way. That's really <laughs> neat. I love Thank that. You. Okay. So you, so you move to Vegas and you figure out when you're in Vegas that, mm-hmm. that basically nursing's not for you. Is that, is that what you, okay. So yes. how, do, how do you get to that? So when you're in Vegas and you come to that realization, how does that, happen so what what took place that made you that made you believe that
1: so I was living in Vegas and I would wake up in the morning at around four in the morning um drive out to one of the local parks to go run um, my exercise in the morning and I would realize when the sun starts to to rise at around five five thirty that all I saw was either brown or brownish red and um i figured out that i missed the green mm-hmm. <laughs> I well was that depressed. had to have been
0: an adjustment because you came from someplace that was incredibly lush
1: where oh, yeah you
0: know, where you where you spent nine years right and you loved it right Yes. and then you end up in you end up in las vegas that really Let's be honest, there's not a lot of green out there, right?
1: No. It's not no, very much. Yeah. <laughs> I was I I felt um I, I definitely felt the depression um coming on. Uh because yes, I was lacking that color of that signified life. Right. And another thing too is because I spent nine years in the Philippines, the culture is so different. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't bring that same culture into a completely different state that I had no experience with I don't gamble I never I never gambled in my life unless you count you know unless you count me making the decision of whether I should get Mexican food today for dinner today or should go out and get Thai food tonight I mean I I guess some people call that a gamble I (laughs) that's like the the biggest gamble I could make. Um, That's the most risk you take, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was very risk free in my life, and oh. yeah, living in Las Vegas was not the the best part of my life. Um, but it it did help me grow and and make me realize that you know, one thing I was I was unhappy with showed me that I was also unsus- unsatisfied and unfulfilled in what I was doing. Um as a, on a professional level.
0: Right. So you, so you make the pivot, you decide that nursing's not for you. What okay. do you decide to do then?
1: I decided it was time to move back to California.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Yes. Um, and I needed to figure out what I could do with my degree. Um, okay. And while I was out there, I had some, I still had some amazing friends that I, I grew up with. Uh, who remembered me, um, they connected me with some of the right people and I found myself working in a corporate office. Okay. Um, and that was also very different for me.
0: So corporate office doing what?
1: I, was, I, I worked for a cycle revenue company. I started off as a quality assurance um, analyst, mm-hmm. a QA analyst before transitioning into a project management role
0: okay. and
1: documentation specialist.
0: Okay. So what was it you, what was it you, the company did?
1: Uh, it's called Cycle Revenue, where we focus on analyzing patient data coming from different hospitals. Okay. Yes. Okay. Making sure everyone is compliant.
0: Okay. I got you. Okay. So you're sort of overseeing what is happening in terms of the revenue for hospitals.
1: Yes. Exactly. Okay. All right.
0: So so you decided to do that and it sounds like you took it sounds like you took to it like you it sounds like you liked it because you ended up in charge of project management or ended up a project manager
1: Yes I I did love it um my issue now became a, another cultural shock which is the culture of an office setting <laughs> An office setting culture is not the best culture, in my opinion, especially for someone like me who comes from a clinical setting. Okay. Um, So that was, that was a bit of a rough, a rough patch for me.
0: Okay. So, so you get adjust, So you're getting adjusted to it. Yes. And then what happens?
1: And then I realized, you know, maybe if the, culture in an office isn't for me. Maybe I should focus on things that really interest me, mm-hmm. um, such as learning how to cook. I didn't know how to cook. I decided I should, I should learn how to cook. And the best way to do that is to work in a restaurant. And so All I right. applied to work for a restaurant. Um, I became the hostess about a month later, I was promoted into, um, the, into a management role okay. where they had me learn how to cook. Um, I'm not going to name the name of the restaurant. Unfortunately, I did not really learn how to cook. I did learn how to professionally heat up food. Um, and that was fun. Okay. (laughs) I did gain a lot of confidence from that.
0: (laughs) So let me see if I understand this correctly. So you're, so you're in a, you're in a corporate setting, you're a project manager, right? So you went from QA to project manager. And then you decide that you, that being in an office really isn't for you. And so you decide to trade being in an office for being in a restaurant. Yes. Okay. So you go into, you get into the kitchen, right? Yes. And you learn how to heat food up.
1: Oh, professionally.
0: Okay. (laughs) You learn how to professionally (laughs) put food in a microwave or what, how does that work? (laughs)
1: Um, professionally heat them up in a microwave or on the stove or in the oven. Um, okay. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) So we'll leave the name of the restaurant out. Okay. Yes. So, um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so, so you do that for how long did you do that?
1: I did that for about a year. Um, but at the same time, because I was starting to develop my customer service skills, I wanted to develop other parts um, of of my skill set, both soft mm-hmm. skills and hard skills. So I found myself, uh, working part time, uh, in retail for a secondhand bookstore because I was I'm a self-proclaimed bookworm. Oh, so I found myself, it. yes, I found myself, you know, loving uh the retail the retail industry in that sense in that bookstore. Um, and then I would find myself working, uh, part time at night uh, for a casino because I won again, I didn't know how to gamble, but I love math and I could multiply and, and add very quickly, subtract very quickly. And, you know, that was fun, but I don't think I would ever go to a casino and gamble. It's, uh, not the best environment. Um, so I was doing these three jobs and I realized, okay, I know how to, I've regained my skills in math, I've regained my skills in customer service, and um, I'm finding joy in in, um, organizing and selling books, but I'm still not fulfilled with what I do for a living. Um, And I realized I wanted to develop other parts of of myself. Um, I got into sales, um, quit all of my other jobs and moved across the country uh doing sales
0: really so where do you <laughs> move
1: to? from california i moved to sarasota florida
0: okay. um,
1: and that was very interesting for me because before i moved out there i had never heard of the town never heard of the of siesta key mm-hmm. um with the amount of work that i i would have to do i was working two to three jobs um at a time, I didn't have time to to watch TV or, you know, listen to an ad um, on the radio because I was listening to podcasts. So, first time I heard of Sarasota, um, I said, "Okay, I I would love to to move across the country." Okay. I didn't realize I would have to drive across the country.
0: <laughs>
1: wow! Um, but that that's was, quite a I drive. Be- oh gosh! I've made
0: that cool. drive. It's quite a drive.
1: Yeah, we drove uh, three and a half days with eight people the day starting the day after Christmas.
0: Wow. So you moved eight people
1: out there? Uh, on the road. Everyone else had already flown out there. <laughs>
0: wow. So there were a lot of people out there waiting for you when you got there. Okay. All right. Yes. Including the people in the car. Okay. So yes. three and a half days. So you move out there and you decide to go into sales. So what do you start
1: selling? So this is something that um, that most people will be uh, in, intrigued with. I used to sell cable um, when nowadays everyone is into streaming, but I also sold internet, so that was a, a good product. I, I so
0: would. you sold cable and you sold internet. Yes. For a for a cable company, I take it. Yes. In Sarasota.
1: In Sarasota.
0: Okay. So okay, so <laughs> let me ask you this: What made you decide? Because people are going to be people are going to be a little intrigued by this when they hear it. I I think anyway. In fact, I know. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to go from from well, first of all, from California to Sarasota, but then also, what made you decide to go into sales?
1: Um. So it was very. It was. There was one day in the restaurant where. Uh, there was there was a customer who was just really, really frustrated and was just yelling. And I realized, even though I wasn't working, I, ha- I had just come by to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized there are ways that we could adjust the way that we communicate as well as adjust the way that we interact with people customer service wise. Okay. So so thinking about it, um, I thought that the best way to do that, especially if I if my education is in in nursing, which sort of follows through or is the foundation of my of my customer service, right. I thought you know might as well get into sales. I didn't have the time to go back to school for uh, for communications, or you know I wanted to get into law at the time, and I didn't have time to do that either. Um, so I thought the easiest. And the most, uh, and the fastest way to do that is to get into sales.
0: Um,
1: and it was just very interesting the way that, uh, when I went into the interview, the verbiage that they used, um, was very different compared to the verbiage that we that we usually use on a daily basis when we're communicating with other people.
0: Okay, so do you mind giving giving us an example?
1: Yeah, a very easy or a very uh simple example is. Um, for example, when someone tells you don't think about the pink elephant in the room, the first thing you're thinking about is you're gonna think about that pink elephant. (laughs) But but when you when you convert that verbiage into, okay, we'll take care of it, everything is taken care of, you're going to automatically think, okay, there's nothing that I need to worry about, to be anxious about, to be nervous about, to really to really fret about or waste my energy on it's it's a huge difference between don't worry and i've got it covered it means the same thing but the effect of the difference in verbiage um is is pretty mind-blowing
0: kind of the impact yes yeah okay okay i love this this is amazing (laughs) so so your entire journey it sounds like is about preparing yourself and and picking up so every job it seems like every job that you go into you're honing your skills like you you don't gamble but you went to work for a for a casino right yes To sharpen your math skills you went to work in and for a for a secondhand bookstore to enhance your and perfect your customer service skills right then you end yeah. up in sales in Sarasota, Florida and you're learning how to communicate in a certain way that's basically better than the way you had been communicating, I guess is the best way to put it, right? So yes. so when you got into sales in since you'd never been in sales before, when you got into sales of cable and internet in in Florida, how did that go? How did that was that was that a positive experience for you? Was it how did that how did that experience go?
1: You know, in, in every, in every industry that we work, that we work in, there will always be positives and negatives or, um, I had a lot of fun. I met so many people, um, when it comes to sales, a lot of people automatically think of, um, meeting their quota or making sure that they're meeting their sales goal for the day or the week or the month. Right. Um, I shifted my mindset. I realized that there was a lot more to be gained in sales when you shift your mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a huge, it was a huge growth spurt for me. I shifted my mindset of on focusing on how many friends am I going to make today? Shifting, shifting that as opposed to how many sales am I, am I going to make today? Mm -hmm. It it's, um, it gave me something more positive to lean into. and um, people feel that mm-hmm. when you're when you're putting that energy out there. No, totally um, wow. Yes, yes. And when you go in with one of my one of my other goals was, okay, um, how many people am I going to make smile today? Mm-hmm. That also was another goal that I had. And so no matter where I went, I would run into people I had talked to before, or if I was, um, you know, approaching a client that might not have been the best person to approach, um, the people I had already talked to would make sure to let me know and, and kind of, you know, keep me safe until it was, it was okay for me to, to move forward or to, to move on. Right. Um, so in a way i had i felt like i had brought um bits and pieces of the culture that i grew up in in the philippines and sort of built my own community in in sales um based on the clients that i talked to
0: that's awesome so so how long were you with the cable company
1: um i was with them for about a year year and a half um and then when i left i started I decided I needed to expand my horizons a little bit, to see what else was out there, so I started working for a construction company.
0: Okay. That's an interesting <laughs> jump. Okay. So you go to work wanted, for a construction company, what are you what skills are you honing with a working for a construction company?
1: So I did work as an office manager. Um I was I did bring back my project management skills, but yeah. Um, I was also very fortunate to go out into the field and help demolish and install, um, <laughs> build things with my hands, and you know that's something that I realized I I really lacked. I would work out yes, but there were parts of my body that I realized I wasn't working out. There were muscles in my body that I wasn't working out, and construction made me realize you know just because you're focused on on you know these very specific parts of of uh of your skill set doesn't mean that there are there aren't other skill sets that you can you can really develop and will help you um, move forward and grow even more
0: well it's you can go work construction right yes yeah. let's be <laughs> honest after you work construction you're a little sore
1: oh yes yeah so your body's
0: yes. telling you these are the things that you haven't been working out right that you just ended up using yeah so yeah it's yeah it, <laughs> yeah that's Wow. So you're out demolishing things and then you're building things. What were you building?
1: Uh they're called screen cages. Aluminum screen cages. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Screen. yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you screened um, a bunch of pools.
1: Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. See, in in California, I would never have heard of aluminum screen cages.
0: Yeah. No. Or, that's true. Mm,
1: yeah.
0: It's true. Um, it's a Florida, it's a Florida thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realize how profitable Profitable they are, and how brilliant they are to have. So mm-hmm. I hope everyone gets one. Yeah. I'm not working for them anymore, so you know, no pressure.
0: Right. <laughs> so there's no there's no incentive there, right? So no,
1: no incentive.
0: <laughs> so you work for the construction company for how long?
1: Um, I was with them for about a year as well. Okay. I, I didn't stay. Yeah, once I I I realized I needed to move on um, or move to a different location. Um, I, I would switch my career, switch my jobs and find something else to work on.
0: Okay. okay. So what so you make a move and you where yeah. do you go from construction?
1: So I started working as an executive assistant. Um, I worked for a, a gentleman out uh, in Sarasota who was recovering from um, some health issues. Mm-hmm. So I helped him manage a few of his businesses, a few of the foundations he was working on. Um, and then after he was up and running, uh, he regained his independence. We went our separate ways. I started working as an executive assistant for someone else um, mm-hmm. who had his own business teaching people how to write online.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So how long did you do that?
1: Uh, I did that for a total of about three years. Okay. Three years. Yes. Okay.
0: And then where did you go from there to hone your skills?
1: From there, I started to work There's on my a theme
0: own here. You know that, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm in yes.
0: construction. I'm selling cable. All right? Okay. Go ahead.
1: Yes. Um, I actually started my own business. Okay. I now am a transformational coach. I help people um, who are living the life that I live? They have followed the instruction manual, have, uh, found success in different areas of their life, whether in their career or at home, but are still feeling some sort of emptiness or some sort of lack in their life. Um, I help those people live a life that is a little less than ordinary, okay. um, so that they can find confidence and find authenticity in in the their way of living.
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit about how that works. So you're so you were you were working for an executive. You were an executive assistant working for an executive, and you decide yeah. to go out and start your own company as a transformational coach. So when you sit with a with a prospect, when you sit with somebody who's a prospective client, mm-hmm. I guess you call them client, right? When you sit yes. with them. Um, what, what do you cover? How do you, how do you fit? Like, do you do a needs analysis? Do you do, how do you actually, how, how do you actually figure out where you're going to transform them to?
1: Yeah. So, um, what I do is I have something called, um, a, I have something called a SPA methodology. It stands okay. for, uh, spark clarity, power, resilience, and awakened dreams. Um, I, those are my the three seasons that my clients uh, might find themselves under. Okay. Um, during a 15-minute call, I'll figure out if they are uh, falling under one of those seasons. If not, then I'll refer them to someone else who might better help them. Okay. Um, but if they do become a client, I'll go over um, something called a clarity audit in 90 minutes. And clarity stands for curiosity, learning, authenticity, reflection, intention, thoughtfulness, and yearning. Okay. Um, and that 90 minutes helps me um, helps me to see exactly uh, where they are in, in regards to how they're living an authentic life for themselves, as opposed to living a life that looks normal to people, to people around them, but doesn't feel uh, normal for themselves.
0: Gotcha. So, how long have you been doing this?
1: Um, intuitively, I've been doing this for all of my life. Professionally, I've been doing this uh, for, oh man, I, probably seven years.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, talk to us about some transformations that you've had that you've helped your clients do.
1: So. They say your very first client is the one uh, that will just stick with you uh, mm-hmm. forever and ever. Um, one of my very first clients, uh, he, he was very, very interesting. He moved across the country, just like I did, um, from Florida to California. And mm-hmm. he was really struggling because he was trying to find himself again um he had felt comfortable in in Florida and moving to California that's a huge cultural shift um
0: amen to that
1: (laughs) oh yes (laughs) and uh he was finding himself you know just living on someone's couch um for for a few weeks um and talking to me he he realized that there were some relationships in his life that, uh, did not, uh, seem conducive for the life he wanted to live for the growth he wanted to go through. Hmm. Um, he was holding himself back from experiencing things because of these relationships. Um, and he was also holding himself back from actually purchasing or renting a place of his own to live in, as opposed to staying on this person's couch. Uh, within the maybe m- month and a half, maybe two and a half months that we were talking, he had put in an offer for a house that he now owns. Um, we made sure everything was financially stable. He had made a trip um, to Europe for the very first time. Um, he traveled with friends that he met while he was traveling across across the country from Florida to California. Mm-hmm. Uh, He met them out there in in Europe. Um, He made new friends, uh, friends that uh, he probably would not have met if he had kept the the previous relationships intact. Mm -hmm. And he finally let go of the relationships that were holding him back. Mm -hmm. Um, So now he hosts parties. He still reaches out to me. He changed his name legally um felt that you know these were things that felt more authentic to him he rekindled the relationship he had he had with his family Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's been it his his transformation is is the one that that i will always remember again my first client (laughs)
0: yeah absolutely that's cool so that's what you do for your clients
1: oh yes yes
0: okay okay so, so you've been doing it now for seven years, right? Yes. Are you also speaking? Are you also a motivational speaker?
1: I am a motivational speaker. I do speak on resilience because I am a grief recovery method specialist. Um, okay. I am not a therapist. And the grief that I, I go over is not the grief that you, that you um, come down to when you lose someone to death. Um, It's more the grief that comes with any change, whether that's a shift in your career, um, a promotion, uh, moving from one city to the next. uh, You know, every change that comes into your life, it it unbalances the the familiarity that you've developed in uh, in your in your routine. Right. And so, different emotions come with that, and the way that we at the grief recovery institute uh define grief is a mixture of emotions not just sadness not just confusion not just anger it's a mixture of of all of that as well as excitement and um ecstasy and you know it's it's yeah a mix of different emotions all at once
0: okay okay so if somebody is looking to recover from the the you're talking about the the grief of that they're experiencing from like major changes in their life, right? So mm-hmm. moving clear across the country, taking on a new job, new career, that kind of thing. Um, or if they're looking to transform their life, then they would be, they would be looking for you. They would be wanting to work with you to help them get to that, to that place. So you basically help them figure out a roadmap to transform their life. But also, while they're in the process of transforming their life, deal with any sort of grief that they're dealing with because it sounds like there's it sounds like there's two sides to this, right? There's oh, this yeah. transformation which is incredibly amazing, right? But then there's also sort of this almost backdraft kind of thing that happens that 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 causes this grief. am I yes. am I there? sort of Oh
1: yes, okay. yes, you are exactly okay. there.
0: So, how would somebody, if somebody was was looking to transform their life, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there are going to be a lot of people listening to this that are going to want to, um, and want to and want to be able to deal with that grief, how would they get in touch with you? Uh,
1: you know, they can get in touch with me through Instagram. Um, my Instagram is mindful presence, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-L-P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, um, and it's the same on my website, mindfulpresence.com. Um, I, you, you know, you can send me a chat, um, send me a voice message. Um, you can record a voice message and send, and send something to me if you can't, if you don't want to text, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Celeste Fernandez, and you can find Mindful Presence on LinkedIn as well.
0: Yeah, I found you on LinkedIn. I sent you a connect request, by the way.
1: Oh, okay. I will, I'll go back into my LinkedIn today.
0: So I'm super excited about this. So is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up?
1: Um, you know, when it comes to any transformation, any type of, of grief recovery, the one thing I always tell everyone is to first um, to slow down and then take out a piece of paper, take out a, a pen and write the very first love letter to yourself—that is the most important thing. Um, write the love letter that you wish that you could have received from from anyone, any important person in your life. Whether it have would have been a parent, a significant other, um, a friend, the acceptance that you've always wanted, the judgment that you wish you never received, the um, the motivation that you wish you you and support that you wish you could have you could have heard. Um, throughout all those different times in your life write it all out but write it to yourself and that makes a huge difference Um, and if it if it resonates with you if it if it makes a difference uh, for you share it with me Uh, reach out to me I'd love to hear it you know spreading positivity is is all of what life is about living Mm -hmm. a life of fulfillment and joy is is all what life is truly supposed to be about
0: yeah, I agree with that. And it, it kind of goes back to you getting into sales and saying, how many people am I going to make smile today, right? How many yeah. people am I going to make? How many friends am I going to make, right? It's a different exactly. way of looking at it, right?
1: Exactly, so Yeah.
0: It's kind of yes. like, like what Maya Angelou says. It's one of my favorite things. People will forget what you did for a living, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Exactly. Right? So all those people that you impacted when you were in cable... And construction, and working for the secondhand bookstore, and in the restaurant, right? This journey that you've taken that shaped you into the expert that you are today is pretty impressive, right? Because every every place you've gone, you strive to make people feel better. You strive to leave that legacy of that they're going to remember. They're not going to necessarily remember what I did, but they're going to remember how I how I made them feel.
1: Exactly. Yes. That's
0: really cool. That's amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I love that. I love your story. So I really, really appreciate you being on with us. Um, And I'm super excited for you. I'm super proud of you. And uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you again for being a guest on the Mike Litton Experience.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Mike. Actually, could I I ask a question? Of course. Um, If you could name me um, any shade of color in the rainbow stay away from like the primary colors but any shade of color in the rainbow what color would you would you name me
0: shade so yeah. so not blue
1: not blue or red but really you know choose something a little a little different i mean there are so many different shades of blue there's so right. many different shades of red if you could choose a shade what would it be
0: you know, I'm a huge Charger fan, so I would say it's probably powder blue.
1: Okay. Oh, me?
0: Probably powder blue.
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think- you know, you're, you're such a bright light for uh-huh. me. No, I'm not joking. You really are. You have this, you have this presence about you and it's a, it's an amazing, it's positive positive. But you're, but you're, you're also, I don't know how to explain this. You're, you have this way about you that, that sort of exudes positivity, but you're also somebody that, that sort of lifts everybody around you. And that's, that's, you know what I mean? That's beyond positivity. That's, um, that's leading by example.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you.
0: and that's really, really impressive. That's that's one of the reasons why you're so good at what you do, because well, think about this. I mean, people people could spend four minutes with you and they feel like they could run through a wall. It's it's you're you have a motivating presence about you because of your positivity, but it's because of the love that you have for people. I think ebullent yeah. is probably the best the best way to. You know what I mean? Like you have this way about you that just that just impacts people's souls, I think. And it raises it raises how people feel in their current situation and how they feel about where they could go. Um I, I just you have a magic about you that's just awesome. Absolutely awesome. But yeah, I would thank say I would say definitely powder blue.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I can I can I share a color that I think resonates I think resonates with you. Of course. I would say it would be um, sunrise, yellow, or orange. Oh. Um, yeah. You bring so much light and energy and you make sure that people are not just seeing what they need to see, but are also focused on the important things. And um, I just wanted to share that.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're amazing, <laughs> Thank you again for being a part of the, of the Mike Litton experience.
1: Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for
0: having me. Take care, okay? We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.